Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. Today is a good day. That's a glorious day. Makes me sick. This is too early for grunge references. Okay. Okay. Hold on. No, no. Hocus Pocus. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. It is not too early for Hocus Pocus. I thought that was the Grinch. No, no. That was the Grinch whenever he was like, I don't know. Okay, it's not too early for Hocus Pocus. <laughs> I will let that one slide. I did. I have already watched that movie probably two times, three times at this point, and it is September 19th. So um, I think I watched it September 1st. I've already fully decorated my apartment for Halloween as well. My cat, Salem, has her little um, Halloween collar um, and a bat costume. So it, it's, it's Halloween. I don't care what anybody says. It's Halloween. It's time. We've been rewatching the Harry Potter series. My husband's never seen them all the way through, which I don't know so how good. I like let that slide. I don't know. I was gonna how say that should have been a stipulation before marriage. I know he's never seen them all the way through. He's loving them. We're thriving. It's fantastic. But to me, that's like the mark of the holidays because yes, those are Christmas and Halloween movies, yes. and you cannot change no. my mind. No, they this, are both. They are somehow both Halloween and Christmas, especially movies. the first three. Yes, first three or four. Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. So it's it's Christmas, it's Halloween, it's the holidays. Here. It's the holidays. It's time. And we are both drinking pumpkin spice pumpkin lattes. Spice lattes. <laughs> Big shout out to Emily. She is our rep that works for Zynex, who does a lot of our like electrical stimulation units. Um, and so she it was so funny too, because I was planning out my day. Like yesterday, I was kind of thinking, like, I really want a pumpkin maple latte from palace and if i do this in the morning then i'll have time to stop and blah, 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 blah. and then like 20 minutes later one of our other co-workers comes back there and she was like hey emily's stopping at palace for tomorrow what do you guys want like write down your orders and we were just like yes and she got here just in time for us to record this podcast it was it was kismet it was perfect i have to shout out palace too this is not sponsored in any Mm-mm. way shape or form nope. when i said pumpkin spice latte we're not drinking the starbucks like keep no, no. your starbucks i'm sorry no don't come for me starbucks no. is disgusting terrible i don't even like coffee like i'm not a big coffee drinker and even i know that starbucks has yeah. terrible coffee if you live anywhere near amarillo canyon and you're not going to palace what are you doing with you your life? You are missing like, out. again. It is our I sponsored am... bladder. Like it doesn't irritate yes. your bladder if it's from Palace. <laughs> I I don't make the rules. <laughs> again, I don't like coffee really, but I will drink Palace coffee. Like I, I love coffee, and I, I consider myself Palace a coffee snob. Oh and yes, I That's... exclusively drink Palace. On the days where I was like, when I I will say you have gotten me more into coffee than anybody else. So. <laughs> love that. Uh, yeah. I think you, my bladder probably does not, <laughs> but I remember I was literally just be like, Callie, what do I want from Palace? And she'd be like, oh, let me order for you. Like you want this, 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 and this. And I was like, great. No, that sounds perfect. I was like, what's your daily calorie breakdown? Yeah. Great. I got you. <laughs> the sugar-free. Yeah. I was the like, it's a free day. Ooh, let yeah. me hook yeah. you up. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're in the off season. Great. Let's go for let's it. Let's go, go for it. it. So no, you, your introduction to palace coffee has been delightful for me. Terrible for my bladder and for my bank account, but it's so I'm, bad. I'm thriving. We're I'm so thriving. close to a palace too. And honestly, probably yes. like multiple times a week, someone makes someone's a palace go, Someone's going to palace. It's yeah. so bad. They and should just, sponsor us at this point. Should. I'm All sure right. they would if I asked. Probably. They're so great. And what I, they're locally owned like small business it's not that's I'm all about supporting we love small small businesses so that's why I'm like you guys keep your Starbucks and go to Palace we'll be fine thank you so much now the actual episode (laughs) (laughs) now that we're done talking about coffee let's talk about orgasms let's or the lack thereof or the lack thereof that was a great segue (laughs) so in continuing with our little orgasm series we're going to talk about an orgasmia and what that means is an is an orgasm that is either absent completely or that's delayed or that's very infrequent or that lacks intensity despite arousal and i think Mm -hmm. that arousal is key is key there right like sex feels good you're enjoying sex you are aroused you're moving through through those phases of arousal but you're still not having an orgasm or it's very very delayed another really good definition that i found was from the international consultation on sexual medicine and it basically defined it as the perceived absence of orgasm or the persistent or recurrent difficulty delay in or absence of attaining orgasm after sufficient sexual stimulation which causes personal distress so i like that it includes sufficient sexual stimulation like it's not just you know it's not like it took you you know longer than 30 seconds you know it's significant and and sufficient sexual stimulation as well as causing that personal distress as well you know there are some people that are just like no it doesn't bother me I don't have a climax every single time like no big deal that's totally fine Um, but when it does start to cause a lot of that psychological distress that personal distress um, that is kind of what we really see this orgasmic distress function kind of coming in. Um, I found a um, statistic that actually suggests that orgasmic dysfunction affects anywhere from 11 to 41 percent of women. This study was only on women, so I don't have that number for men. Um, But it so that that's a lot. That's really prevalent. That is really prevalent. I want to kind of give you just like a quick little refresher on the orgasm cycle. This is going all the way back to episode number eight. Mm. Episode number eight that we did on sexual dysfunction. Um, Basically that orgasm, we talked about the sexual, the sexual response cycle, right? We have that excitement. We have the plateau that orgasm is going to be when involuntary muscle contractions begin. We have blood pressure, heart rate, and respiratory rate are the highest. We have muscle spasming in the feet. So that toe curling orgasm, there's some, you there's said some that truth so to essentially that. To your, like, I tried toe, toe, toe curling. <laughs> making some toes curl out here Um, and we get that sudden release of sexual tension we also have those rhythmic contractions of the pelvic floor muscles specifically the vagina in men and okay the vagina in women I have it written down like vagina comma in men and rhythmic contractions of the vagina in women 
of the penis and the testes in men. There we go. Resulting in that ejaculation of semen. We do also see that rash or redness or the sex flush as well. So that's kind of the whole response. Um, we know that not all orgasms feel the same, um, but it is very difficult obviously to, um, to research those things in the moment. But I also thought it was really cool. And this is going all the way back to episode number eight. So like, if you've heard this already, Congratulations Quick for being sure. a good yeah. listener. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Um, but men and women actually describe orgasms like the exact same way. Really? Which I, which I think is really cool that it's like, it's, you know, completely, you know, I, it goes back to that book, Come As You Are. We love that book. And we're going to reference it a couple times in this episode. If you, so if you haven't read it already, break out your textbooks because you need it. Um, same parts. It's just same mm-hmm. parts, just organized a little bit differently. We have the same nerve endings. We have the same, you know, the same neural pathways. We have the same muscles. Again, organized a little bit differently, but for the most part, they're they are the same. And so I think that that's just really cool. That like when asking, there was like a, a double blind study, I think that had men and women describe their orgasms, like in detail, like my skin felt hot and this happened and my toes curled and I felt this, 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 and this. And then they had like other researchers go back and read the, read those descriptions and try to decide if it was a man or a woman that had written it. And there was, there was no way to tell. There was no, there, there was completely inaccurate. So, um, so yeah, like the, the words that we use, the feelings that we feel are very, very similar between men and women. So that's why we're kind of, um, can kind of get an overarching look at what happens when orgasms go wrong. Um, especially when they don't happen. I think one of the things that come as you are book did a really good job explaining and talking about in terms of the differences is the time it takes to build Mm -hmm. to orgasm it's a lot long or it's longer for women than it is for men typically yes but the flip side of that a lot of times with women the orgasm lasts longer and can Mm -hmm. be stronger so there is some differences there and that book is a really really good place to start if you're struggling with this just starting to get familiar with the whole process and your body but I think understanding that's really, really key in -hmm. first addressing this problem. You can categorize this anorgasmia a couple different ways. There's primary or lifelong, which is you've just literally never had an orgasm. There's secondary or acquired, where once you were able to have an orgasm, but you can't anymore. And in women, this is a lot more common with menopause we start to with mm-hmm. those hormonal changes the cha- we get some changes in the pelvic floor muscles and so we can start to see this occur more frequently and then there's situational so you can only reach orgasm in specific situations like with masturbation and then the last one is general you don't reach orgasm in any situation even when you feel aroused or excited so like i said this can be broken down if that's really for women and men it's just primary or secondary either you never had an orgasm or you only orgasm or ejaculate under certain conditions so I think the biggest when we start thinking about how to treat this how to figure out what what's going on is number one 
have you ever had an orgasm at all? Can you orgasm at mm-hmm. all? Is it situate? Is it you've tried everything? You've tried vibrators, masturbation, sex with your partner, nothing works, or is it, you know, because that's always the first thing I'll ask women when we talk about that. I was like, well, can you achieve climax with masturbation? And a lot of them look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, like how dare you ask that question? And so that's, I always tell people, I'm like, okay, well, step one is we got to figure out if those muscles are even capable of that and just kind of figuring out what in the world is the problem, where's the problem. And one thing that I do want to kind of reiterate here, when we say difficulty orgasming, we do not mean that you can only have an orgasm with clitoral stimulation. Oh, no. I want to circle back to that because that is one of the things that I hear a lot. Like when I do start asking these questions and I'm sorry if you hear like my notes flipping, I'm trying to get back to, and I flipped right to it. Um, With females. And again, we talk about this in the come as you are book. It's phenomenal. The clitoris is synonymous to the penis male, female counterpart. The clitoris is your grand central station for pleasure. If you are trying to have sex with a male, a physically, genetically male human being, and you don't touch the penis, what what, what do you expect to happen? She has nothing. Yeah. And so it's the exact same thing with females. It is the exact same thing with females. And so like I start asking these, these questions with, with some of my patients and I get, well, well, I just, I have to have clitoral stimulation. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And of course you do. Of course you do. That's where the magic happens. Females are pretty cool. Um, cause we can have cervical orgasms, nipple orgasms. There's a couple different orgasms, different kinds that we can have. 81.6% of women do not orgasm without clitoral stimulation. So well over 80% of women are not going to climax just from penetrative sex alone. Like that penetration is not, not sufficient stimulation for the vast majority of women. So in the Come As You Are book, she has a quote. She says, expecting women to achieve climax or achieve orgasm from just that vaginal penetration alone is the same as expecting a man to be able to achieve climax just by stimulation of the prostate. Yes. Yep. Exactly. And it's in, she talks, she says this in the book as well. And it was something along the lines of, um, because that is how men feel pleasure. It was expected that that is how women feel pleasure. And for the law, and, and, and again, kind of that, oh, well, women's sexuality was always viewed as men's sexuality light, kind of the same, but not as good. Um, and so that's like one of the big things that I want to, that I want to get across. If you are unable to have a climax without clitoral stimulation, you are normal. This anorgasmia probably doesn't apply to you. Like that is a completely normal function of your body. Again, if you're trying to have sex with a physically, genetically male human being and you are not stimulating the penis in any way, again, same thing. Like what, what do you expect? That's where I think like the porn industry has done such a disservice to female sexuality because that's what it is, right? It's these women screaming and losing their minds and like soaking wet from just penetrative intercourse alone. Like, and so 
women see these things or see clips of these things or you think there's something wrong so you turn to Dr. Google and you stumble upon these videos and it's like, oh, well that's not at all. Like that's not real. Just like the Hallmark exactly. man in the little Christmas town who is perfect and just bakes gingerbread bread cookies for right. a living and wants to like, you know, he's not real. Porn's not real. Like it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not real. And so like it, I, anytime that's come up, cause I've had like women ask me before, you know, well, would this help? Like, I'm like, no, stay like, do not do not go look at videos. Do not look. It's just going to make you feel worse exactly. about everything exactly. that's going on. And oh, like, I'm not shaped that way. And this is that. Yeah. And I don't react that way. It's all special effects. It is plastic it's not surgery. It's don't not watch real. it. It's not real. So circling back, like Rachel said, yeah, if, just to get that out of and, the way. And that's hard because a lot of our patients come in here feeling broken because they require, yes. I've had a woman, she started crying when I quoted her that Aww. statistic about 80% yeah. of women can't reach climax without clitoral stimulation. And she was like, all this time, I just thought I was broken. Ugh. And there was like a lot of shame because she was knew that that's what, and I was like, whoa, hold on. No, no. I was like, no, you are yeah. normal. Yeah. You are very, very You are normal. well within I, the standard deviation. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well you're, you're normal. good. Yeah. You're good. Don't. So, so that was a really, really good thing to yeah. stress moving forward. The second thing I think that can, when there's not medical issues going on, the other biggest barrier to women being able to achieve climax is communication. And yeah faking it because all of my women that come in here and that can't achieve climax with intercourse let's say they can with masturbation so it's that situational and orgasmia we can with masturbation we can't with intercourse I start having a conversation about like what what it looks like and they're like well it just takes so long so then I just fake it and I've been faking it for 15 years and now I can't or the conversation is well it feels good and eventually like I know we're not doing the things that are going to get me there so I just like my husband just knows when, when he's done, we're done. And, and it's just become a thing mm -hmm. because we didn't want to spend the time and because it's kind of awkward and we didn't want to communicate. And so I'm like, okay, number one, if we're faking it, we got to stop that right now. And mm -hmm. some of our treatment plans actually come up with ways to stop faking. I've had, I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We start, we start talking through a plan. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to have a conversation. You're going to do this. Oh, let's try this. We talk through it and it's fantastic. But then you also got to communicate, hey, this is important to me. Because if it hasn't been, if you haven't let it be important to you and they don't think it's been important to you for the past five years, just because something's changed for you, if you haven't communicated that, they're not a mind reader. Yeah. So just you just got to tell them, hey, this is important to me. This is what I want to try. Here we go. And I would recommend, here's some psychotherapy coming in for you. I would recommend having those conversations outside of the bedroom. Oh, absolutely. Do not have those conversations when you are lying in bed, when you're, you know, in the middle of it, in the middle of it, when the kids are asleep or out at a sleep, but, you know, have that conversation, you know, at the dinner table, you know, like have it when it's just the two of you alone outside of the bedroom, keep, you know, that way you're not kind of blurring those lines, you know, cause, and you know, not saying that everybody is going to get offended, but just to make sure that like you're in an environment that's not, that's not heated. That's not emotionally charged, you know, mm -hmm. do it while you're folding laundry, you know, just be like, Hey, by the way, I want to try this tonight, or I want to do this or 
you know, I was talking to my pelvic floor PT and she brought up a really good point and I think I want to try this. Blame it on the podcast. Blame it on the po- if you yeah. don't see the pelvic floor PT, we, yeah, blame hey, it on like, the podcast. I listened to this podcast and they, they recommended we, that we try this thing and I really want to try it. I always, I like the sandwich method, right? Something good. Hey, love you. Love mm-hmm. our sex life. Also, you know, since things are so great, we're so comfortable, I heard on this podcast this thing. We should try it. I think that would add more fun because we already have so much fun and it's such a safe place. Boom. Like, that's what I... You make me feel safe. You make me feel loved and cared for. I want to do the same thing for you. And I really think that maybe we should try this. I think that would would help or think that that would make things more fun or spicier. You know, whatever whatever. Definitely don't go in there. Like, I haven't had an orgasm in 10 years and it's because you're bad in bed, (laughs) right? before you start actually been rubbing the inside of my leg for the last 10 years and we're gonna change that right now (laughs) oh my gosh oh because some of that like it's like you just never communicated about it so you never started and now you're just in too deep and so sometimes it takes some communication if it is that situational yeah absolutely so but there's many other things that can cause it and and sometimes it's age sometimes it's medical conditions maybe we've got some neuro involvement medication is huge huge. specifically those ssris are depression anxiety thing in anxiety medications, pelvic floor dysfunction, and or trauma. This is our bread and butter. If those muscles are too weak, they're not going to be able to do that rhythmic contraction. Mm-hmm. If they are too tight, sometimes mm-hmm. they cannot do that contraction as well, or that contraction is way diminished because there's nowhere to go as they move through the phases of arousal. During the phases of arousal, we're building muscle tension. And if you've already got some underlying muscle tension, muscle upregulation, there's nothing to build. Exactly. There, there's nowhere for it to go. Nowhere for it to go. Uh, hormones for women, especially hormones are huge. There may be times in your cycle where it's easier to achieve climax than others. So around ovulation, closer to ovulation, it might be a little bit easier. As you start to get closer to the menstrual cycle, it may be a little bit more difficult. Menopause, like we talked about earlier, menopause is going to be huge. And so there's a lot of other things, and that's not even to talk about the psychological things that can go into achieving climax and that's where again I love the come as you are book and she has a brief period or a brief blurb in there about vibrators because forever mm-hmm. there was this thought introduced that oh well if a woman uses a vibrator she like desensitizes herself and then she's only able to climax with that vibrator hogwash yeah and and she goes on to explain no that's false that's not true vibrators just the intensity, it's going to bring you to climax quicker than just stimulation during intercourse. And so then what happens is you're going through, you're rocking along, you're having intercourse with the vibrator. Maybe you were able to to achieve climax in three to five minutes. Now it's taking 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes. And so then you start to get frustrated. Well, when you're frustrated, you're not going to be in the right headspace and the no. right physical space to even start to achieve climax. So that's what was yeah. happening. That's where any kind of data, anything you see that says, oh, it's not that. It's the no. frustration component, being frustrated with the amount of time that it's taking. And so that's another big one for women because we've talked about before how men, it, usually it's a lot 
they go through those phases of arousal a lot quicker than women do. And so just being comfortable with it taking however long it takes is going to be pretty key in addressing this issue. And also not getting to the point where you do feel like you need to fake it, you know, because and and it's it's one of those things it's hard and it's really hard for women because it's like oh well shoot like this is just taking so long like let me just fake it over 59 percent of women have faked an orgasm and over 25 percent of men have faked an orgasm and so we've said it on here before we'll say it again you are responsible for your own orgasm there is this episode i don't know if you guys watched uh sex education on netflix it's such a good show (laughs) it is a really good show it's about this kid he's like i don't know i think they're in high school but his mom is a sex therapist and so he is like had kind of like picked up a couple things from her she like sees her patients in their house and stuff and so he like like a recipe for disaster and so he's kind of starts to become like his school's sex sex therapist he gets like all these people coming to him and being like what happens if i do this and he's like well have you tried this and they're like oh my gosh no i have not tried that let me go do that and then it just betters them for the anyway it's hilarious but there was one episode where a girl was having a hard time having a climax. She had never had an orgasm before. And she was kind of, you know, with her partners that she had had in the past, she was just kind of like, oh, well, like, well, women don't orgasm. Like, women don't have orgasms. Like, they're, you know, we're here for men's pleasure, that kind of thought process. And he was just like, "We go masturbate. Like, go figure it out on, on your own. And she was, you know... There, there was a whole it's a raunchy it's a raunchy show okay it's not kid friendly um there's a whole montage of her like figuring it out and so then she finally gets back with her with her partner the, the boyfriend that she had been seeing and she was like okay you're gonna blow in my ear at this time and then when I do this you're gonna pull my hair this way and it was just like it was so specific but she she had finally figured out like what exactly made her climax and so you are responsible for your own orgasms we are not faking if you need clitoral stimulation communicate that with your partner if you need nipple stimulation communicate that with your partner having and feeling that safety and that trust with your partner is really important as well that is a whole nother episode on that um but having that communication or just like take control do it yourself like there's nothing wrong with you know adding in toys or adding in certain certain elements certain aspects again communicate with your partner make sure that they're cool with it too um but you are responsible for your own orgasm Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's really really important and I think I think it's really important that you guys are cultivating a safe space mm-hmm. with intimacy and and that's going to look different for everyone um but a safe like judgment-free environment is really going to be more conducive to achieving climax so not feeling rushed not feeling judged feeling confident there's so many things and there's a lot of psychological causes that can go into this um a really really big one and i think we live in the bible belt so we see this a lot but cultural and religious factors Mm -hmm. play a role in this like i see a lot of women that come in who yes. almost need my permission yes. to embrace their sexuality which to is enjoy it yeah and to, yeah it, that guilt is just and that's where i really like to use my platform around here because i am a christian and to tell women like 
you're fine. Like it's okay. Yes. yes. Like I think it, it's like I always tell. I'm like, who do you think invented the clitoris? Yeah, I'm exactly. like, God exactly. invented. Like you're good. Like <laughs> you're go use you're it. Good. Go use. Like <laughs> it's there for a reason. And, and so just having that conversation. And it's like once you give, and it's really sad that we need permission, yeah. right? But like sometimes once you give women and I don't treat men so I'm speaking specifically to women once you give them that permission it's like they just blossom it's yeah. like oh someone I just needed someone to tell me that this is okay exactly and, and, and I think that I think that hearing it from other Christian women as well is is also very helpful like we can sit there and be like you know if if that is the biggest barrier for them we can you know we can be like okay like let's let's think about this like where do you think that this comes from like who do you think invented this you know and it's it's not you're not dirty you're not gross for enjoying sex for enjoying certain kinds of sex whether it's you know plain jane vanilla missionary every night with your husband or if it's bdsm like you're you're good again as long as everybody is of age and consenting and happy and willing to be there go for it my biggest thing I tell like people who are not okay women who are not okay with their sexuality and I've talked a lot about this with patients and then people in my personal life because once you're a Christian and you do this you get a lot of you questions, get a lot of questions. Get a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of people that come to you for permission for a lot of, and I'm yeah, like a lot of you different gotta get <laughs> you, you gotta get yourself yeah. I'm like I okay there's a lot to unpack here but I'm like if we had any doubt that it was okay like go read the song of solomon and look up some of the context so look up like what was the meaning of dates like the mm -hmm. date fruit like look up the meaning like the symbolism beside behind the big cistern well that is overflowing mm -hmm. with water like look up some of this and you'll realize this is a pornographic novel in the <laughs> middle of the bible like this is explicit in the middle of the bible so if it is a cultural cultural or religious thing and you just need that permission here's your permission here's like, your permission embrace your permission your, it's okay slip. to be a sexual human it's okay to be a sexual woman signed and dated and Callie if you're not and yeah and if you're not a christian and you listen to this episode just disregard that yeah. and it's okay for you too it's if okay it's a cultural thing it's okay whoever whatever you believe you were created with a clitoris. It's there. It's, it's meant there. to be used. Use it. So, someone <laughs> meant for you to use it, okay? Whether you believe it was the Lord, whether you believe it was some gremlin in the sky, or nobody at all, it is there. It is yours. Use it and use it well. So, all of that to say, <laughs> step one, you got to figure out why. If you're like, I'm confident in the bedroom, I love sex, we're having a great time, I don't know why this is happening, come see us. Yeah. And let's see what's going on with the pelvic floor muscles. I had someone who, she had an overactivity and that was a big problem. And when we addressed that overactivity, she was like, my lubrication's better, my climaxes are stronger, life is good, everything is great. So if you've looked at all the other things, come see us. If it is a relationship issue and you don't trust your partner and you guys are having problems, go see a therapist. Women with quote unquote good muscle function, meaning they were able to maintain contraction against resistance, had significantly higher indexes of sexual desire, excitement, lubrication, and orgasm than women with poor or weak 
function. And this is coming from an article published in 2015 called Pelvic Floor Muscle Strength and Sexual Function, specifically in women. Again, we need that pelvic floor strength and endurance and coordination to achieve that climax. And that goes for men and for women. And so if those muscles are unable to do those things, it is going to make having a climax very, very difficult or impossible. And so again, we're looking at that good, that good muscle function, able to maintain contraction. So maintaining that endurance against resistance, getting that strength and having that coordination had significantly higher sexual desire, excitement, lubrication, and orgasm than women with poor function. And so again, we can, we can treat this. this. We can treat this. This can be a muscle function. Um, and so having that, I think having that information, like, I mean, I remember like doing research, you know, way back again, this is like episode number eight, I think. Um, having that research was just like, if we can quantify it, I feel like like that helped my brain mm-hmm. a little bit of like, okay, this, 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 and this. And so I think for some of our patients, I think that can help a ton as well. Like if you can quantify it, like this, again, this is just healthcare. This is literally just healthcare. Like having difficulty reaching orgasm is just as good enough of a reason to go see a physical therapist as having low back pain, as tearing your meniscus. Yes. Slow clap moment. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because we, and it goes back to women's sexuality for whatever reason has not been important. If a guy can't achieve climax, especially a guy that's of fertile age, Mm -hmm. oh, you best believe he is seeing a doctor immediately. So why in the world are women not? Why are we not seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist and getting some help and making this a priority? Because it's just as important. It is just as important. If it's like, like we said in the beginning, if it's affecting your mental health, if you want to have an orgasm, if you want all these things, come see us. We will help you figure it out. And I think the biggest part about this for some women, it's saying the word out loud, saying the word orgasm out loud, Uh saying the word clitoris, like normalizing female sexuality because... I, I I loved it. Actually, had such a positive experience the other day with a patient. She was in her late 70s. She was a widow. And the topic of arousal came up. And she told me, like, I have these urges. And she was like, I can't talk to anyone about it. And told me, all, like, and we had a conversation. Yeah. She was like, I've never been able to talk about these things for 76 years. Which probably wasn't all the whole Sure, it probably wasn't her whole <laughs> life. But, but... It hadn't been something she was comfortable to talk to anyone about. And she, t- I was like, well, you said you had sisters. Have you not? And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. And so just kind of working through some of that and giving giving people a place to talk about, a safe place to talk about these things, to open up, is huge, is so, so important. And so if nothing else, come here and we can do that for you, normalize it for you, give you permission, whatever you need. If it's medication related, if you're like, I could, and then I started taking an SSRI and I couldn't talk to your, whoever prescribed mm-hmm. that medication, your prescribing physician, talk to them. And even with that, there's, there's still ways to make it work. Yes. So, yes. So have that conversation, go see a pelvic floor therapist, because this is important. If you got nothing else out of this episode, understand that men and women, your orgasms are equally as important. 80 to 92% of women who had never had an orgasm were able to achieve orgasm after clinical treatment. 80 to 92%. 
So if we get treatment, and a lot of this does include psychotherapy treatment as well, if we get that treatment and we get that intervention, 80 to 92%. That is huge. That is huge. And so there is treatment. There is options out there for you and ways that we can work through some of these difficulties. And it's important, like Rachel said. And it's, it, and it's, it's so important. This is just, yeah, this is just as important as your knee hurting. So, um, yeah. 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 I had a really hard time not going off on a million tangents. I don't know how well I did, but. I didn't realize I was going to have so many soapboxes. I know. There's just so much. There's years of of things to unpack. There's a lot. There's a lot. A lot of of research. And the research is getting better, especially on men as well. Um, With men, that, that difficulty with climax is very, very similar. A lot of the same reasons. Um, like we talked about in a couple episodes ago, it was one that we did on like erectile dysfunction. I think, um, this can be an early warning sign of, Mm -hmm. um, of some more systemic things going on, like, um, potentially like cardiovascular things, especially if it is associated with erectile dysfunction as well. So if you're having both of those things, please go see a doctor, please go see a pelvic floor therapist. Um, but it is definitely something that again, it, it, it's important. It's Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. And it can be hormonal in men as well. It's usually testosterone issue in men or sometimes even prolactin. Some of those things can affect men, whereas women, it's more estrogens and things like that. So, yes, go see a doctor, talk to your doctor, talk to a pelvic floor therapist. Please, please, please. And and we're pretty good at recognizing, too, if you need to be referred back to your doctor. We don't treat men, but Alita is, like, a pro at catching, hey, that doesn't smell right. That doesn't clinically smell right. Like, you yep, should exactly. probably, probably go see your doctor, your friendly neighborhood doctor about that. So, a lot, lot to unpack here. But it's it's important, and there's help out there. So don't don't just accept it. Don't settle for it. See either a counselor or a psychotherapist, or come see us. And we'll, please, 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 we will help you find your way back. I was gonna say, how are you gonna finish that sentence? I know. It's- <laughs> It was funny. I was just like, I th- I can't remember why, but that episode of <laughs> way back <laughs> came back up. If you've been a long time listener, you know exactly what episode we're talking about when it was like one of the first episodes that we did. Maybe I still have the notes. I think it was literally like episode number three where we were talking about like what normal is in each <laughs> Good Lord. In each category. And Kelly goes, so yeah, come see us and uh, we'll help you. We'll help you get that erection. So (laughs) apparently we're also going to help you orgasm too. (laughs) Okay. I am still like, we were so ambitious starting this podcast Uh when we did. We were fresh out of school. Oh yeah. We weren't even a year out. We weren't. And we were weren't like, even, yeah, we, we were smart enough we to need do a podcast. podcast. Yeah. We were like, you know what? And there's some of those things, I don't know if you can tell 
in the early episodes, there's some of those things I was actually still a little bit uncomfortable talking about and like still getting used to. I didn't, I didn't treat men. I still don't treat men. I'm yeah. more comfortable. Like the other day I actually toyed with the idea. I was like, I think I could treat men. I'm not going to, yeah. but I was like, actually, and at that time I was like, there's no, I was terrified. Oh, like yeah. when I was, I remember I was like, Alita, please don't make me go in there with a man. Like <laughs> a man. I was like, a man. I was like, please. We have that episode of New Girl where Schmidt. A white man? No. And what did security do? Nothing typical. I love that show. I love Schmidt. No, so but much. I, yeah, I like we were little clinical babies, little babies. and we, we had we were we were doing so much research. We were putting in we so were. much time, and we still do, and we still do. And so, but I just look back now and. I, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything. Yeah. Like that's the more, yeah. and that's what I, I got my, we, got, we graduated with our doctors, doctorates. And I was like, what do you mean we can go treat patients? I don't know anything. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I still need supervision. Like, Congratulations. I don't, yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. And, and now the more I research and the more I learn, I was like, wow. Well, and like, we started talking about this podcast, I think maybe like two months out of school if yeah. that because we were still at the other location like we yeah. hadn't even moved to our temporary space we hadn't moved into our new permanent space so like we were babies we were, we were baby baby practitioners and I and I think it's been great like I know you know we kind of get to take you guys along the ride for you know us growing clinically but as well as the new research that's coming out and like the new things that we're learning and it's just it's it's been so much fun. It's been so much fun doing this podcast and it helps us stay up to date on on the new research. You know, we we love evidence-based practice. We love research. We love, you know, the the new clinical guidelines and clinical practice and everything like that and it's just it's it's cool to take you guys along the ride with us. Yeah. So. I I just lost my train of thought. I have to say it doesn't matter, but it is interesting just to see how far we've come. And I mm -hmm. can't go back and listen to those old episodes. No. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to hear. And there's Little some of those old eyes. episodes I would love to redo and frame yeah, and just yeah. kind of reframe as we've are, we've grown our clinical thinking. Oh, I know what I was going to say that came up in my performance appraisal. So I'm sure yeah, it came same. up in yours, yeah. how our boss was like, you guys have done a really good job staying up to date on mm -hmm. current research. Yeah. And it's this, I love that this podcast forces us to do that in a way. And we love it, we, uh, but it's easy good, yeah. to get busy and be like, I've got so many evals today. I'm not going to read it. And then you haven't read a research article in six months. Whereas mm -hmm. we're like, you know, we've got a show where we're getting like 700 listeners yeah. an episode we, we look at and research every single was like, week we've got people who are going to hold us accountable yeah. so we've got to have good solid exactly. you can't just be like on wikipedia yeah or, or saying yeah. i think so or saying you know if you'll just like fascist scrape ever do you know just like come in right. with some old right. like if you'll just bloodlet everyone's better exactly. like we can't <laughs> there's, like, there's a reason we need to stay on top of our research yeah so, so. i i do think that anytime someone says, you know, thanks for doing the podcast, love the podcast, it's helped me grow mm -hmm. more than anything. So. As a clinician, as a physical therapist, as a person, as a woman, as yeah. all of the above. It's all been, of the above. It's been really neat. And I think it gives us a way to connect with people that we wouldn't have. Absolutely. Absolutely. This podcast has greater reach than we ever imagined it would. Also, 
If you are the PT on the military base in Clovis, in, in we Clovis, love you. In Clovis, New Mexico, <laughs> will you please write in? I don't know who you are. I just know you're doing the Lord's work. Wait, you've sent us like four so, patients from New Mexico, and they're like, "Yeah, I see this PT." If and whoever, she told me, whoever you are, the PT <laughs> on, in Clovis, New Mexico, write in because I want to talk. We want to talk to you. We want to send you things. Like we would like, like we want to have a conversation. Please, yeah, please write in. I want to talk to you. So I just I just thought about that. I was like, yes. I, it's been a recurrent theme. And I was like, I we need to talk. Yeah, we've gotten like three or four patients yeah. from her in the last like and like months, good, I think. good thing. And I'm like, we really to, solid. Yes. Yeah. Really, really solid patients that, so that, need you it, are. that need us. So, and Hey, if you want to come work here too. Yeah. Um, ortho, you can do ortho or pelvic. You floor. can do ortho or pelvic floor. We are still hiring. Um, we, we definitely need PTs. So if you are, PTs. yeah, if you are a new grad, if you are about to graduate, if you are a physical therapist in general, reach out to us. Um, we are hiring both ortho and pelvic floor PTs right now. Um, and so we would love to chat with you about th that process. So right if, in, if you're a student and you either, you, if you're like, I know I don't want to work in Amarillo, which it actually, we have a lot of fun here. It's cool. We have so much fun, but send us your professor who does your clinical so send us someone who can send the job link out to all the yes. students send us send us so your information send us that information and that way we can just get get the job get the ball there. rolling yeah. yeah and that way we you know y'all will have better access to our job postings to our job openings here um and then potentially have you set up for clinical rotations mm -hmm. here if that is something that you are interested mm -hmm. in doing um and that kind of leads into my patient win which isn't Let's really my patient <gasps> I'm so excited um not my patient but actually my student um so if y'all remember I had a student um a couple weeks ago I still miss her terribly um, but she texted me this weekend and I'm just going to read you this because she said, Hey, Rachel, I went to Herman and Wallace's level one pelvic floor class this weekend. I just wanted to say thank you again for such a great clinical rotation. This was a good class, but we honestly didn't learn anything here that I had not already learned from you and so much more from what we covered this weekend. Hope everything is going well at optimal. So, uh, that was just like the, like, just made me so, so happy that she, you know, eight weeks sounds like a long time but it goes it quick it goes so fast and I felt bad for like the first week I was like I'm so sorry like you're gonna feel like you're drowning and that's okay just take it just hang take on it to it the it floaty and yeah. I'll teach you to swim as we go <laughs> take my hand keep hanging on just keep swimming uh, exactly and so just having having that text was just was just awesome so if you do come here for a clinical rotation you are going to leave fully prepared um and mm -hmm. with a lot a lot a lot of information so um right into us our students our new grads our soon-to-be grads our physical therapists out there um right into us let us know we'd love to work with you we see a lot of cool things here. Um, man, I have like 15 patient wins this week. Yeah. So I'm going to share three. I have three. I have to share all three. I'm sorry. Because they were really cool. Number one, speaking of cool patients, my one of my patients, I don't think her baby's even a year old. Her, her baby, and her husband just ran a half marathon. Beautiful. She came here. She told me, this is my goal. Like, this is what we're going to train for, was having some pelvic floor stuff. Um, and she just ran a half marathon, like with the jogger stroller, pushing her baby, not That's even, amazing. not even 18 months postpartum ran a half marathon. That's amazing. Like, 
what? And we had been work. She worked. We worked so hard towards that goal too. Like we put in so much work. So that was huge. Number two on theme with this episode, I had a patient come in and we were kind of wrapping things up and she was like, I just have to say she had, she had never had an orgasm before coming to pelvic floor therapy. She was like, I can now orgasm because of you. And I was like, that's the best compliment in the I world. I was like, never in my life have I had a better compliment than that right there. She was like, thank you for talking me through that. And cause she was one, she needs some talking through, almost like needed a little bit of permission. Sure. And she was like, yeah, I can now like confidently say I've been able to figure that out because of this. And I was just like, <laughs> I love that so much. I, like, I love that so much. Okay. And my last one, just cause I was so excited excited about this one. I have a patient. She's been very, very unstable, very, very weak. And she was in a, a history of this and we've been working. She works so hard. And I'm so proud. And she was telling me how a while back she, before we were working together, she had gone to a gym specifically for a core class and the trainer had her do a wall sit. And she was so unstable with the wall sit that the trainer was like, no, I can't even work with you. She, after doing multiple exercises out in the gym, held a wall sit, a beautiful wall sit, for over a minute. Ooh. With core engaged properly, like so stable, so like perfect form. We were sitting there chatting and I didn't even realize it had been a minute because she looked so just so comfortable, comfortable in it. A minute. That's for someone impressive. who couldn't I don't even, even know really if I could do, do it for a minute. And I was so impressed. I was so proud. So, so just at how far we've come and this is, she's a little bit of a perfectionist. And so, um, I hope she listens and I hope she hears this because I was crazy proud, crazy, crazy proud. That's awesome. So, so I know we are supposed to, you said my patient win, but I just got really excited and hey, share all you know, of those. I mean, it, the more wins, the better. That's, know. you know, it's fine. It's I love fine. it. I love my patient. We love our patients here. That's what I we have such, we see everything. People, people, someone asked me the other day, well, like, what's your demographic? And I was like, women. It, yeah. I was like, I've had like a 96 year old. I had a six, I've had a 16 year old. Yeah. I mean, just women. Just women. That's my demographic women. of any age, yep. anything. So it's, it's pretty awesome here. I have so much fun. Oh, I love our job. Love our job. Love our All right, job Rachel, so what made your overactivity work worse this week? My overactivity was made worse this week. Um, when I got a new training split and my leg day is like brutal. So to my coach, Jackson, are you mad at me? Like, did I do what something? I, do? I thought we had a great time at nationals. Um, but no, so it's just like, it's a lot of supersets. Mm. Um, just cause like, we're still, it's like when you come out of prep, when you come out of a, a pretty significant deficit, you obviously can't just go back to like your normal, like maintenance type calories because you will just your hormones get out of whack thyroid can have some problems and so it's important to really stick to like your reverse diet um and so like you'll see a lot of competitors like they do a show and then they just lose all that self-control because they're like oh my gosh okay i'm finally done i can eat whatever i want i can enjoy all the things and then they end up gaining like i mean i've seen some competitors gain like 30 pounds within like two weeks like it's it's it can be a lot um and so with that being said with me still kind of being not I wouldn't say restricted by any means but definitely not at maintenance calories right now 
So we're not pushing me super, super hard in the gym. Like I'm going to failure on like a few exercises, but not all of them. And so it's a lot of supersets right now. And it just like obliterated my glutes and hamstrings on Sunday. And I'm like still sore and still like shaky from it. Not like super, super sore, but enough that I'm like, ow. So it was not a good time. No, I need to use my pelvic wand and stretch and do happy baby and I will be okay. <laughs> I love it. What made your overactivity worse? <sighs> running in general. <laughs> Just in general. Just, Just in running. general. But this morning, so I've been doing my runs in the afternoon. I went, I meant to go yesterday afternoon, but my best friend was in town and she was like, do you want to meet up for dinner? Well, I'm not going to say no. Right. Like, I love this person. I never get to see her, which is that. So I went out to eat dinner um, and then it was getting dark. So I was just like, eh, I'll run in the morning. So I got to get my butt out of bed at 515 this morning Oof. and go run three miles in the dark by myself. That's terrifying. I was convinced the entire time that I was going to get kidnapped. Canyon, Texas is very safe. I live in a very, I, was, I live in a yeah. very good neighborhood. Um, our neighbor, one of our neighbors kind of on the street, I run past, he has a motorcycle. I'm sure he's a very nice man. He started his motorcycle and I just knew he was going to run me over. I had a white, like very reflective shirt on. He's uh -huh. like, he's going to hit me with his motorcycle. And like every car that passed, every muscle in my body was like tensing up. I was like, I'm going to get run over. I'm going to die. I'm going to get kidnapped. And the only thing that kept going through that month going through my mind was that woman that recently was trail running like six months ago and got kidnapped and like they stole all her stuff and killed her oh she sure. remember that no do you remember that okay well I was I thought you was, were talking about this other lady but she had faked it oh no it was this was real this was real this woman was terrifying. murdered oh, they terrifying. stole like her wallet and everything and then murdered her oh, and so that kept going through my head and there's like spots on the road that would be lit up by the light and I would be like, okay, I'm safe. And then I'd like run through like a 10th of a mile of darkness and be like, this is it. Like, this, this is, is it. how I this die how I in die. this very safe neighborhood, in this very safe town. I just knew I was going to die. I didn't. I'm um, so happy that you're here I with us. I'm okay. The last time I ran in the dark, Carson ran with me. And yeah. again, it's like the rest of my life when, when he's with me, I just like tune out like, he takes care of everything. Like he's right. going to kill the bad guys. He's going to be hit. He's going to kill he the snakes. He runs on the outside of the road. So like no car is going to get, he's going to get hit by the motorcycle. I'm not going to get hit by the motorcycle, you know, You're um, totally safe. Totally safe. And so I was on my own and it was terrifying and I'm just a baby, <laughs> just a baby. <laughs> but it was really good. Oh. It was really, really fun still. That's hilarious. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. It's okay. I did it to myself. It was the consequences okay. of my own I mean, actions. at least you didn't listen to like a true crime podcast while you were. No, for sure. While you were doing it. I've done that before. Running by myself in the dark, listening to a true crime podcast. It's absolutely terrifying. But it makes you run faster. <laughs> I, so. did, I did that the other day. I was doing home health. And yeah. I was had been listening to a true crime pro podcast from house to house. And this very nice woman who had a very nice son, like he walked me out to the porch yeah. and I was like, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me right he's, here. He's probably like this upstanding, like super right. kind citizen. But I was like, this man's about to murder. Gave me no bad vibes. Was so Whatsoever. kind. Just so, so nice. Kind. Yeah. It, like, and I was like, this is it. Like, this is how, how I, I die. And he was like, all right, have a good day. And I was like, 
do I get to finish the day? Or right. I'm like, are you going to kill you me? Follow me? Anyway. What's going on? So that's all. I just, I need to lay off the true crime. Honestly, I like go through phases and I'll do that with a book. Like I'll read a true crime book and I'm like, I can never do that again. And then I'll like, Oh, I wonder true crime's really interesting. And then I'll get back into it. And then I'm scared for like six months. I'm going to a true crime convention this weekend. So I'm so excited. I can't wait. Me and my mom are going, and it's going to be That's so gonna much That's going to be fun. awesome. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Can yeah. we turn that into a pelvic floor episode just so we can sit and talk about it? Oh, like, 100%. You, that's your job is to, on the plane rise, to figure out how you can make that How we can make it pelvic PSA floor content. Perfect. Yeah. I can do that. So we can do an episode over that. Okay. All right. Well, we have not stayed on task at all. No. This is But I hope more. this was interesting. <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed this one. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Next week, something really cool is coming. Yes. A little teaser. A little next teaser. week, the episode that drops next week may be my most favorite episode yeah, we have it's ever recorded. There. I almost cried like six times. Yep. It's it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. So if if you do nothing else, listen to next week's episode. Pretty please. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.